Hello and welcome to JoJo's Podcast Talk Show's Rocktober of 2023. Yes, we are back for a brand new episode to honor and celebrate the rock stars that defied this month from multiple genres. Last episode, we celebrate the rock month with Metallica. This time on today's episode, we honor and celebrate the month of rock music by the kings of grunge music, Nirvana. What are we waiting for? Let's begin today's episode focusing and celebrating the month of rock music with the legendary grunge rock group of all time in the world since 1992, Nirvana. The grunge rockers Nirvana. Well, Nirvana was a legendary American rock grunge music group formed in Aberdeen, Washington since 1987, founded by its guitarist and lead singer, the legendary late Kurt Cobain. Alongside bassist Chris Novoselecki and drummer Dave Grohl, later on becoming the lead singer of the post-grunge rock group Foo Fighters when he joined in 1990 alongside other members in the grunge rock scene including Pat Smear. The band was debuted in 1992 up until the last record they've released before the new millennium in the year of before the millennium in 1993. All that and more with the members of Nirvana, their songs, and more. Today, we get to dive into the history of Nirvana. Like I said, this is how, who Nirvana is and what you need to know about the legendary rock group of Grunge since 1992 in this intro of the opening uh, storyline about the rock and metal month pioneers for Nirvana. Was grunge a new genre at the time? Yes. So by the end of the 1980s decade, a new type of rock music gained birth into the music scene from the undergrounds of people's homes, and it is called grunge. Their first album, released in 1989, called Bleach, came out, and it came with two songs Love, Buzz, and Blue came out in 1990, predecessor decade, 1989. The record included Blue, Floyd the Barber, About a Girl, Negative Creep, all those records, even up to the uh, other songs from the first record. It wasn't until 1990 they've recruited Dave Grohl, the drummer, who would later on be a part of Nirvana's solo successor band for the post-grunge community, the Foo Fighters, in the late of the millennium, prior before the new millennium in 1990 to 2000 era. And then 
that led to the release of their other albums before the millennium. Onwards to about the other history of the band of Nirvana. In around 1991, Nirvana went back to the studio from May 2nd of 1991 to until June of 1991 when they mixed with the final product completed by the uh, weeks before the release of the album. There are a lot of stuff on this record. Then they promote the release of their second album with their era of Nevermind. To promote the release, there would be four promo tracks on the record to continue the birth of the grunge rock scene. The first record on the album, one of the fan favorite songs, Smell Like Teen Spirit, released in September of 1991 on the day of September 13th. No, wait. Yeah, Nirvana's debut to the Nevermind era, Smell Like Teen Spirit, was released on the month of the week of September 10th, 1991. Then, until 1992, the following year, two more album songs to promote the release of Nevermind came out, with Lithium on July 13th of 1992, and Come As You Are came out on March 3rd of 1992, and before the end of 1992, the uh, fourth promo single of the album, In Bloom, released November 30th of 1992. That's right. Ahead of the release of the album, they had made the album's title Nevermind, and they've worked on the album's cover. That went to become part of what well, by the new millennium into the controversy of uh, the album cover. And it did become controversial for the album cover by the start of the new millennium and into like the 2020s. The album was released on September 24th, 1991, where it peaked with the number of sales of the copies across the world in the UK, the US, and parts of the world. Then, Its legacy brought millions of fans of the record. It gave the album five stars on multiple platforms. There were a lot of reissues, especially for the anniversaries. And then the track list was memorable for this album because you got In Bloom, Small Like Teen Spirit, Come As You Are, Breed, Lithium, Polly, Drain You, Territorial, You Get It, Lounge Act, Stay Away, On A Plane, Endless Nameless, Something In The Way, and there was a hidden track, of course, that one song, Endless Nameless, was a hidden track on the later CD pressings of the album, and Polly, of course. For the charts, this record picked number two in Australia, number one in the Australian alternative albums, and in Europe it picked number two in Austria on the album Charts in Austria, 
number one in the Belgian album charts, number one in South America's Argentina charts for Buenos Aires, number one on the Canadian albums and top albums CD sales, charts alongside all of Europe and parts of the world, but it peaked number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 and on the U.K.'s number seven on the album's sales and the U.K. Network's album sales at number six. However, after the album's release in 1992, it reached number 11 in Poland, 46 in 2017 in Canada, double chart milestones in 2019 for Belgium and the USA, number 12 and number 16. It peaked number 21 in Croatia, number one in the Poland album sales charts, number nine in the US top rock albums charts at number nine and then during the release of the 20th anniversary rendition of the album it did pick number one in portugal and number two on the top catalog albums but 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 wait 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 here is more about this era of nevermind because it picked 89 and 87 in the u.s counterparts the canadian and the british albums charts at the end of 1991, but in 1992, it picked up other charts. Even it picked number 22 in the UK albums charts by the end of 1992, and number three on the US Billboard 200 charts. And then until 1993, 1994, it picked number 71 in the UK and 84 in the US charts. However, through 1995, 1996, 1998, it picked different locations, and then into the new millennium, it picked different numbers. You know, this album haven't been back to number one on the U.S. charts since it's released in 1992, and I gotta say, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I gotta say, but uh, at the end of the day, when um, this album came out, a lot happened in that in that era of the album's release and this was a project that would be remembered for fans of the group for generations for the grunge community then that led to the events of after the release of the album there was a tour to promote it and then later on they went back into the studio around the end of 1991 for a lot of projects and seal they went back into the studio around 1993 with the release of a uh, Untero we'll talk about that era next that is right we will talk about that era of Untero next Right here on the JoJo's Podcast Talk Show presents Rocktober 2023, honoring and celebrating the life of the music of the rock and metal scene for the grunge artists of the 1990s, Nirvana, 
right after the break. And in 1993, Nirvana released their third and final studio album before the sudden loss of Kurt Cobain before the new millennium. Uintero was released in the record stores after breaking into the mainstream with their second album, Nevermind, released in 1991. Nirvana hired Steve Albini to record Uintero, seeking a more complex, abrasive sound that was reminiscent to their work prior to Nevermind. Although frontman and songwriter Kurt Cobain claimed that the album was very impersonal, many of its songs contain heavy allusions to his personal life and struggles, expressing feelings to angst that were common on the band's previous album, Nevermind, released in 1992. I mean 1991, I'm sorry. Dave recorded the album between February 13th to February 26th of 1993. It took like one month process of the album where they've recorded in Minnesota in the USA in the town of Cannon Falls, Pachyderm with the label DCG? No, wait. Actually, it's called DGC, the record label at the time, with the producer Steve Albini. In promotion of the album's release in three, two records came out of the singles. Heart Shaped Box released on August 30th of 1993, and then All Apologies released on December 6th, 1993, before the end of the year, that year, into 1994, where there was plans to release that third record, but it was canceled, but was then able to reschedule the re-release of that record into the new millennium in the 21st century into 2014, on the year of the 20th anniversary of the original album's release back in 1993 with the release of uh, Penny Royalty on April 19th of 2014. The album was recorded over two weeks in February of 1993 after recording finished rumors circulate that the album might not release because of Albany's abrasive and uncommercial sound the album was mastered by Bob Ludwig to achieve a more desirable sound for both Nirvana and their label. The band later hired their producer Scott Litt to remix the singles All Apologies, Heart Shape Box, and Penny Royalty to Albany's Dismay. You and Tara, you know, I mean, um, Intero was a major commercial and critic success. Critics praised the album's raw, unconventional sound and Cobain's lyricism. Lyricism too made the album reach number one on the U.S. Billboard 
200 in the UK's album charts, with both songs All Apologies and Heart Shaped Box reached number one on the Billboard Alternative Songs charts. The album is certified five times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America in the US and had sold 15 million copies worldwide. It was the final album from the group before, you know, the sudden loss, what we've witnessed, the loss of Kurt Cobain around the events of 1994. Penny Royalty was planned to be a single prior to the loss of Kurt Cobain, but the single's release was delayed in 1994, and it took 20 years to make this record release following the loss of their frontman in 1994 on the year of the 20th anniversary of the original album's release with the release of uh, the album You and Taro on 2014, the year of the release of April 19th, 2014. At that time, Kurt Cobain, already married to his wife, Courtney Love Cobain, and they were expecting the birth of their daughter, Frances Bean Cobain slash Love. Nirvana's record label hoped the original release plan for this record would have been into 1992, but they've released it in 1993. According to interviews from old archives, a lot of stuff happened. And there was a song on the demo that didn't make the album, I'll Take You Down to the Pavement, which referenced to the incident between Kurt Cobain and, you know, Axl Rose, the lead singer of the heavy metal rock group Guns N' Roses, when the incident happened at the 1992 MTV VMAs for the Video Music Awards, Nirvana ultimately chose Albany to record its third album. Albany had a reputation in the American industry music scene for producing albums for the grunge sound. And already that Albany had produced two favorite records in 1988 with Surfer Rosa by the Pixies and Pod that released in 1990 by the Breeders. Cobain wanted to use Albany's technique of the recording process of the album. In return, Albany sent a copy of the PJ Harvey album Rid of Me in 1993, the album that released that year, to give him an idea of the acoustics at the studio where they would record. Then the recording process began for the third and final album when they went to that studio in Minnesota at Pachyderm Studios in the USA where the studio fees totaled 24,000 US dollars while Albany took a flat fee of 100 US dollars though he stood to earn about $500 from royalties Albany refused to accept them with him considered taking royalties immoral and 
being an insult to the artist. Dave went to record the album in February at the Pachyderm Studios Music Center at the um, location of Cannon Falls, Minnesota. And a lot happened while working on the album. The production and the mixing was the next step. There are a lot of, a lot, until it completed by 1993, that led to the release of the album on the release date of September 21st, 1993. And the music, the lyrics were very Cobain-like whatever for the grunge scene. When the album came out, But, upon the album's release, it had 12 tracks. That includes All Apologies, Dunn, Penny Royalty, Frances Farmer Will Have Her Revenge on Seattle, Serve the Servants, Scentless Apprentice, and the iconic Heart-Shaped Box released in 1993. After the album's release, it peaked number one in Australia and number one in the US and the UK and Sweden, of course. It peaked number one multiple decades later into Greece in the current decade we're in, 2020s, of course. It did peak number one in the top catalog albums at the end of the previous decade or before the end of the previous decade in 2013 10 years ago into 2014 and then by the end of the decade charts not a lot but it was the last album before we all what happened with the loss of Kurt Cobain in 1994 and yeah, that was the albums that they did before the sudden loss of their original Frontman in 1994. Coming up, we look at why did they break up and where are they now? That is right, coming up, we'll talk about how did they break up, how did they break up, and where are they now in present day 2023, like as of what did they break up the group? And where are they now? Like, where are they now in present day 2023? All that and more right here on JoJo's Podcast Talk Shows, October 2023. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to JoJo's Podcast Talk Show. Now, you may be wondering, why did Nirvana broke up in 1994 into Before the New Millennium in 1996? Well, after the release of their third album, You and Taro, in 1993, it led to the devastating loss of the frontman of Nirvana. Basically, well, at the start of 1994, 
following the release of that record, a lot happened. And then on one week after the previous first half of this year, on April 8th of 1994, the world and we were shocked. That's right, we the world and Nugent didn't know this, but we were all in shock for the loss of Kurt Cobain. And it drew a lot of international attention and the topic of a public debate and a lot. Within hours, that's right, within hours, stocks ran low of all of Nirvana's albums and its sales rose dramatically in the UK and parts of the world with a public vigil for the loss of Kurt Cobain happened in 1994 on April 10th at the Seattle Center area. The final ceremony didn't happen until before the end of the 20th century on the week of uh, May 31st of 1999. Then, by that time in 1994, Dave Grohl, the drummer, became the founding member of this new band. The role of the lead singer and the guitarist of the rock and metal group of post-grunge, the Foo Fighters, in 1994. With that led to the breakup of the band in 1994 with a lot. But into 1996, there were a lot of conflicts with Courtney Love Cobain. And then... A lot happened into late of the 2000s and into the present day with further, that is right, by the late of the 2000s decade, there were further reunions of Nirvana and reissues for Nirvana. They haven't reunited more, that is right, they haven't reunited more since 2021. And there is still hope maybe before the next anniversary of an album or a project. Hopefully, there is still hope that someday Nirvana would be back in the rock scene before what happens in the rock scene evolves for the next generation. Again, I want to say that uh, Nirvana is the rock group of all time at the 20th century and then for the new gen for the 21st century. And that is all about the history, the life, and the info about the rock group Nirvana. Now coming up we got the closing remarks on JoJo's podcast talk show. Stay tuned. Before we say goodbye on the second of the Rocktober specials of 2023, I want to thank all of the fans of the podcast. Um, I want to thank millions for tuning in from around the world and even here across the entire USA, Northern Hemisphere. 
so it is for our counterparts in Canada and in Mexico and a lot more. We got a lot coming up on this Rocktober. We got more, more, more bands to honor before Halloween on October 31st and more. Who will be talked about next for the Rocktober of 2023? I guess, thanks to this episode's mention. I guess we'll be talking about the Foo Fighters probably next. So, thank you for watching. And I'll see you guys on the next episode of JoJo's Podcast Talk Show, Rocktober of 2023 Specials. Until then, see you all next time. Goodbye! Yeah! Goodbye! This has been a JoJo's Podcast Talk Show production for the 2023 to 2024 productions. Next time on JoJo's Podcast Talk Shows, Rocktober of 2023 specials, we celebrate the rock and metal month like no other, because on the next episode, we will talk about to celebrate the month of rock and metal music with the pioneers of the grunge rock scene following Nirvana's reign, the Foo Fighters. All that and more next time. Thank you for watching JoJo's Podcast Talk Show. This is a preview for the upcoming episode airing when to be released.